0: Hallelujah. Woo! Yeah. Shake, shake the sleep off. Wake up. Time to be in the house of the Lord. One verse of scripture while you're standing this morning. Uh, this is gonna be a good week. Exciting week. And uh, got somebody somebody's getting married this week. Yeah. Excited for Sister Mabel and Brother Nathaniel. Going to be a fun week and getting ready for that. Watching them sweat all week. It's going to be fun. (laughs) We know it's going to be a great time. So, anyway, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. One uh, one verse of scripture to get us started today. Jesus, in uh, this great teaching that you read when you're reading through Matthew 5 through 7, meant some incredible teaching, but one line that really uh, calls us to duty. Blessed are the peacemakers. Gotta have them. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. And so today we're going to talk about the peacemakers. Let's pray for our lesson. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word. Thank you for the call. On our life to be your children and Lord today I pray we'll just learn and understand and glean from your word today what we need to be better to be more like you Lord and to be ready to meet you when when you come we ask it today now in Jesus name everybody said amen and one more hand clap for his word today aren't you thankful for the word of God love his word You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. So this is the final lesson in uh, this series about the peace of God. We started out uh, talking about the God of peace in our first lesson and realized that uh, when he manifests himself in the flesh as the Prince of Peace, Scripture said he would be called the Prince of Peace when he came to this earth. And then we, last week we talked about peace of mind and how critical, vital peace of mind is in our lives and our walk with him. But uh, today, with all this knowledge of the God of Peace, the Prince of Peace, how we can have peace in ourselves, so what do we do with it? We need the peacemakers. We are called to be peacemakers because we are called to be like him, and he is the prince of peace. He is a peacemaker. He spoke, we talked about some of the natural uh, miracles he did where he spoke peace into the midst of a storm. It was his word uh, that calmed that. He you know, He didn't throw anything in the ocean or throw anything into the air. He just spoke, and it was his word that calmed and brought peace and and so when we think about what Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. He said that. He said, I, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. What did he leave them with? Now, he was going away so something else could come, but what was he leaving them with? If you read that where he's talking to his disciples, you'll find that he is leaving them his word. He is leaving them the word of God. He's leaving them instruction, and that's why he would make many statements in those last, uh, those last conversations and prayers where if you love me, keep my commandments. You keep what I've given you, what I am leaving with you. And we do know that uh, great peace have they which love thy law or love your word, and nothing shall <clears throat> by any means offend you, or it won't uh, hurt you. It won't cause you to stumble. It'll give you peace. So he's giving that, but we also learn in the Scripture that once we have been given something, we're supposed to do something with it. A few weeks ago on a Wednesday night, we talked about mercy and how that uh, God shows us mercy, but we're to show mercy to other people. And if Jesus is giving us peace and leaving peace uh, with us, then we should be trying to distribute peace or facilitate peace to others. We want people to have Peace in their life, freely we have received, freely give. God has given us peace. Jesus said, I am giving you my peace. I'm just going to hold it. See, peace is not just about us. While it is extremely important for us to have peace in ourselves, peace in our mind, peace in our heart, We, we need peace. We need the peace of God that passes understanding, to keep our minds, keep our spirits. We need that. But it's not just about our peace of mind. There must be some peacemakers. Uh, The word itself, uh, someone who makes peace happen, facilitates peace, is an advocate for peace, is always trying to uh, calm things down, make things better. A peacemaker. And blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be the children of God. There's a lot of things that tie in with that. The Bible says in the book of Romans, that we have not received the spirit of bondage, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And verse eight sixteen, Romans 8 and 16 says, The spirit itself beareth witness that we are the children of God. So when we're peacemakers, we're called the children of God. And if we have his spirit, we're the children of God. That bears witness as something that comes with the spirit in case, I'm just trying to, I'm going to help you out in case you think, Jesus, I think he forgot to give me peace. Because he didn't. Now, if you got the Holy Ghost, he didn't leave nothing out. He, it ain't like making a cake and forgetting to put the eggs in it. So he gave you the Spirit. There's some things that come with it. And that's why in Galatians 5 and 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace comes with it. So if it's the Spirit that bears witness that we're the children of God, and by being peacemakers, we're called the children of God, it's because when you are a peacemaker, people realize you are being like God. God is uh, our source. We run to him when we need peace. Uh, This world runs to the church when they need peace, and then we point them to him who is the prince of peace. And so the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. The Bible says that we should be called the trees of righteousness. But what does Jesus tell us about trees? He said you'll be known by the fruit that you bear. A tree is known by the fruit it bears. bear. So if we are trees of righteousness, the, the planting of the Lord, if we are the children of God by his Spirit, and when we are uh, being peacemakers, we're called the children of God, that means we must be bearing that fruit. We must be not just have peace in ourselves, but we must be peacemakers. Because you can have peace in yourself, and people say, "Well, you know, they can see that you're never losing it. They think oh, they seem at peace, yeah." But when you are facilitating peace, well, you're doing something. Because a lot of people are just like, "I just leave it alone." You know, but facilitate peace. The Bible tells me to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want to seek uh, God and his righteousness. That's Matthew 6 and 33. Well, guess what uh, the kingdom of God is? Romans 14. Let's go there for a minute. Romans 14 and uh, 12. He said, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. What are we doing with what God's given us? Now, I know that Paul is writing here on a matter, and and I'm not taking this out of context. I'm just following the principle because even though he is speaking about people eating things that are sacrificed to idols, he's talking about food. The principle of what he is saying would go to any moral thing that we do or to our life. But he's talking about eating things that are sacrificed to idols or things that other people are offended by, uh, which can be a stumbling block to somebody if you eat it in their presence. We're not trying to get people to be upset and stumble. We're trying to be peacemakers, right? So let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this, rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. That's the anti-peacemaker. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. Now, he's not saying that... uh, Talking about all kinds of moral issues, there are a lot of things that are unclean. He is strictly talking about there are food and uh that some is unclean to them, others is clean. He's talking about food right here in this, not moral issues. So don't be thinking, oh, nothing's unclean. I can just do what I want to. No, that's not what Jesus was saying. We know better than that. He said, But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean to him, it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy him not with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace yeah. and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm supposed to be seeking the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. Then that means I am going to be seeking peace, not just for myself, but for others. I am uh, called to be a peacemaker. Yeah. When it, That doesn't mean that will be your full-time job and that... All the time you're just looking for stuff to insert yourself into because then you're going to be a troublemaker. You're going to be a busybody. But when the opportunity presents, you have that ability to be a peacemaker. You have the ability to uh, listen to what the Spirit would say and then let that fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, uh, to use that to fix a situation, to help a situation, to stop things from getting worse, to bring some peace into somebody else's life, not just your own. So the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, uh, but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, for he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. God sees that and so does people. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, not just for ourselves, but for others. Uh, we need to be trying to facilitate peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. I want to be a peacemaker. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. I want to be edifying to my brothers or sisters. I want to be lifting them up. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I, I ask God in every prayer that I pray, Lord, forgive me if I have been a stumbling block to somebody and not rather a hand to help them up. I want to be a peacemaker. I want to, you know, it, and sometimes you, you are, are putting yourself in a position sometimes to be criticized if you're going to be a peacemaker because everybody's not for peace. One psalmist said, I am for peace, but they're for war. You know, even in our government, behind closed doors, uh, the president sometimes will meet with his advisors, and some of his generals may be like, "Hey, let's go to war." And then you got one side of the table say, "No, we don't need to start another war. Let's let's see if we can sit them down at the table and talk. Let's make peace." We've been watching our president in this last few months. Uh, facilitating peace in the Middle East and working on peace agreements. Somebody, and a lot of people don't like it. He's talked about because of it. There's a lot of things that go on with that. There's people on their side that don't like it. They don't want, people want to fight. They want war. They want things their way. And they don't want anybody to reach a peace agreement. That's just how it is. But somebody says it's better to just have peace. And so in the body, it's better to just have peace. Paul said there should be no divisions in the body. Uh, shouldn't be any of uh, these things that split us and divide us. We should have uh, the unity of the faith. And we should all be in one place, one mind, one accord. We should uh, continue uh, in fellowship uh, of the faith and the unity that it brings. It shouldn't be divisions. But you know what? The church body is made up of humans, flesh, blood, emotion, ideas, opinions, egos. Yeah, all those kind of things are there. And so that makes for uh, the perfect storm of, guess what, divisions in the body. So if we don't have peacemakers, there's going to be constant turmoil, and chaos. There's got to be somebody saying, hey, I am for peace when everybody else is for war. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, take that the wrong way. Uh, I'm not... If you say you're for peace, it doesn't mean you don't support your military. But even, hey, even soldiers would rather have peace. You know, they'd rather have peace. Anybody would rather have peace than war. If our country goes to war, guess what? I'm for our soldiers. I am. I'm for our country. I believe in our country, Uh, and I'm for that. But what I'm saying is that uh, I'd rather have peace. If there was a way to not go to war and nobody lose their life, hey, I'm for that if there's a if there's a way not to go to war and and women and children and kids and innocent people get blown up or killed I'm I'm for that I'm I'm for peace Jesus made a statement in Mark 9 that uh salt is good and and we we quote that all the time when we're saying hey pass the salt salt is good you don't need that much salt well Jesus said salt is good <laughs> but if uh You kill yourself because of too much salt, guess what? Jesus, when you see him, he's not going to say, he's going to tell you, that wasn't what I meant. But salt is good in the context of what he was talking at that point. He said, but if the salt is lost lost its saltness or if the salt becomes unsalty, how will you make it salty again? Wherewith will you season it? he said, have salt in yourselves, influence in yourselves, preservation. That's what salt does. It, it it changes things. It preserves things. But then he said, have peace one with another. And so uh, to have that, somebody's got to be a peacemaker. Somebody's got to be able to say, I am for peace. I am here to make peace. Uh, and Doing that, you have to oftentimes put yourself aside. Yeah. Jesus had to put himself aside sometimes. When they came and arrested him and accused him and lied on him and said he spoke not a word, he didn't, uh, because sometimes just speaking a word can be like gas on the fire. Yeah. You learn sometimes that it's better to hold your peace. So that peace can prevail uh, in james uh, the book of james there's a you know James the brother of Jesus James was a good person to facilitate peace. he was the lord's brother, and in the book of Acts, actually I believe it's chapter fifteen, there's a little situation arises in this new church that's been born, the church that we are part of the apostolic church. The Gentiles are now coming into the church. They're being filled with the Holy Ghost. and But there are some, they're telling the, these Gentiles, well, now you have to be circumcised, and you've got to follow the law of Moses, and you've got to start doing all these things, and it's causing some turmoil within the church. And it's actually James, after Peter preaches for a little while about what God's doing with the Gentiles and how he's bringing them in, it was actually James who stood up and said, Here's what we need to do. We need to send a letter to them and tell them to abstain from things uh, offered to idols, from fornication, from from blood and things strangled. And then not lay anything else so heavy on them that they can't even serve God just now coming into the church. And so they write a letter and send it out to all the church and tell them, say, you know, these people trying to trouble you by telling you to do this and that. Here's what we suggest. If you do these things, you're going to be okay. And it brought peace. And they were able to, to kind of move on. So James knew about being a peacemaker. Yeah. Here, let's figure out. We're not just telling them, hey, just do what you want to do. There are some things you ought to pay attention to, but you know, there are some things that have been done away with. And so uh, we're not going to lay a yoke on you that even your, our fathers couldn't bear. We're not going to do that. So James said this in uh, James 3 and 18. He said, that the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Uh, You reap what you sow. How do you make peace? Well, if you're not sowing peace, you're not going to reap peace. And, uh, you know, what do you do with things that you reap? Some of you guys that plant gardens, do gardens. How often do you give away a lot of stuff out of your garden? You don't keep it all man, I got more tomatoes and I know what to do with you. Know, people, when that tomato season first rolls in, it seems like everybody that grows tomatoes will be like, hey, you need some tomatoes? You need some tomatoes? <laughs> and I got too many of them. You know? And whenever you are sowing in righteousness and sowing peace and now peace, you've got that kind of uh, peace in your life, you want to give it away. Or you should want to give it away. You should want to help uh, situations be peaceable. You should strive to be a peacemaker. I want to be a child of God. You'll be called a child of God. Ain't that what he said? You'll be called, blessed of the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. So that's how people are going to know. We know that uh, if we love one another, that's how, we, that's how they know we're disciples. Okay? Yeah, but if you love, you can't stop there because love flows down to joy and to peace and long-suffering and meekness and temperance and, you know, it just keeps going. So... When we get the Holy Ghost, we get all of it. We get all the ingredients. And so we want to make sure that we are using all the ingredients in our life. We should strive to be peacemakers. We need to identify uh, the enemies of peace and the enemies of, so we can be peacemakers. You got to know sometimes what you're going against. Most of the time it's people who are just immature, unrestrained. They don't realize what they're doing. They're, they're, they're causing conflict and dissension. They, you know, people who are spiritually immature, trying to talk about things they don't know about sometimes, will cause dissension, cause disruption. And we need to be able to, to check that and, and teach people in love. Be, the Bible says for us to be ready to instruct people and to teach people who oppose themselves. But we do it with long-suffering and, and meekness and kindness. We, we don't go in ugly and harsh and slapping them around. That's not how you make peace. You, you, you don't get peace uh, in the church by a heavy hand. Jesus didn't bring peace to us by a heavy hand. He brought peace to us through his love. He, through his love and his mercy, his compassion, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It wasn't the the, the, the whip or the lashing that he gave us. It's the goodness of God that leads us to to repentance and we know that he went to the cross because he loved us greater love has no man than this that he laid down his life for his friends his his love the sacrifice that came with that is what brought us peace in ourselves and now that we can facilitate peace to others so uh, when we seek uh, the kingdom of God first and his righteousness then peace is going to come along with that And then we're ready in the church because guess what? Being born again does not mean the absence of trouble or conflict or strife. There was even in the early church, we know that uh, Paul and Silas uh, and uh, uh, Barnabas and different ones, you know, they were uh, Mark. uh, Paul and Barnabas was about to go somewhere and, hey, let's bring Mark. Paul's like, nope. He, He bailed out on us last time. He's not going with us this time. And the dissension was so strong between them, they just... But you know what they did? They made peace. Yeah. Because you read later that uh, Paul said, hey, when you when you come, bring Mark with you. He's profitable unto be in the gospel. And so uh, there was peace made, but at that point right there, hey, we can sit here and butt heads and go crazy and call, get to a point that we start calling each other names if we're not careful. Yeah. So I'll take Silas, you take Mark, I'll go this way, y'all go that way, and let's go have church. And that's what they did. Revival went both ways. And so... Uh, sometimes there will be among brothers and sisters, yeah. Christians, and, uh, there will be times where there's, you know, argh. it happens. It's, just, it's what it is. It's because we're human. It happens sometimes. And, and being full of the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that you always see eye to eye on everything. Uh, so, uh, So we need to figure out what the enemies are sometimes and then what some of the weapons are and learn how to control that. And so uh, the challenge of control for one of the most devastating weapons of division is learning how to control the tongue. And James actually talked about that, James 3 and 8. He said, the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. It's... The most that's, that's worse than a nuclear bomb, than a smart bomb. It's worse than a virus. It's worse than chemical warfare in the church, because it said it can uh, set uh, just one little thing, one little flame. Uh, it says, "Behold, how great a matter just a little fire kindles." Well, ask some people out there that's battling them wildfires out west. That uh, you know, I, I I don't I just know what I read in the news. So if it's not true. I 'm not trying to lie it's just what they said that one of those wildfires was sparked by someone who was doing agenda reveal, and they had a pyrotechnic kind of thing that that blew up to show if it was going to be a boy or a girl, whether well, it caught something on fire and that's how it started. thought it was just an innocent fun day we're going to reveal what we're having, all these things like that and just it, nobody's thinking about and that's the way it happens sometimes you got to Get control of that tongue, right. yeah. because you may not be intending to start a fire, yeah. but sometimes what you say can start a fire. Yeah, right. You know, it's uh, people need to be. Care- you know, in the natural, always amazes me. I-, I was pumping gas the other day. I was filling up my gas cans for my mower, and all of a sudden I was like, cigarette smoke. Dude in the car behind me over there at the gas pump. I'm just thinking, do you realize <laughs> what can happen here? Yeah. You're just enjoying the smoke until we're on the news because we blew up half of Crawford. <laughs> I was just enjoying, I wasn't mean it. I didn't mean, I- yeah, you got to always know where you are. Right. Pay attention to what you're doing. And then realize that you don't do things to throw wood on the fire. The Bible says, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Peacemaker. Sometimes it's not always what you add, it's what you don't add that brings peace. Your two cents ain't always worth a penny. It's, you know, you keep, your, keep your two cents. You can't buy nothing with two pennies no more, so just keep it. Well, yeah. I don't, know, I, really, I don't know that you can buy anything with two cents anymore. So just hang on to it. Keep it till you get a dollar and then start talking. You know, you got to be careful. Yeah. Control that tongue. That tiny tongue, just a small flame, igniter, wildfire, in a church, in any situation, at a work workplace. It could happen anywhere. Gossip, backbiting. Whispering, telling things, and so we need the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to help us control. That's you know, that's that's why you, I've heard it taught on, and so you know maybe that's why uh, the Lord used that that unknown tongue as that sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, because it shows that you have relinquished control of that very unruly member that now you're allowing the Spirit to speak, because you can quench it. Yeah, you, if you're speaking in tongues, you, you can stop it. And I've watched people that were about to pray through stop it. So I know it can happen. And so when we just finally say, that's it, I just surrender to him. I believe in him and my life is his. And wow, that's why you see little kids sometimes with nobody even praying with them just because they, they don't know anything better to do but just have faith as a child. And pow. But uh, when we get older and mature, we, we want to have our say. Even when God's trying to do something in us. And so we, it's harder for us to, to just give control over to that tongue. But when the Spirit moves in, which love, joy, peace comes with it, but if we can't control our tongue, if we can't control this member, uh, we kill our witness. Because if you can't control it, you will not be a peacemaker. You'll be a a division maker. You'll be someone who, who causes division, and those people get marked too. The Bible says mark them that cause division and have no communication with them. And so we don't want to do that. We want to make peace. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So we always talk about that. Well, I want to speak life, peace. I want to speak the things that are good. The control of the tongue is vital to becoming a peacemaker. In Proverbs 21, it says those who guard their mouth and their tongue will keep themselves from calamity, which is trouble and, and all kind of uh, mistakes and chaos. So, uh, But you've got to guard your mouth and your tongue to keep yourself from those kind of things. Uh, or you could pray like David did in Psalm 141. He says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Many times we pray, Lord, Watch my eyes, cover my ears, cover my mind, but David said, cover my mouth. <laughs> We're always out like, see no evil, hear no evil, what about speak no evil? Yeah. You know, I, I won't say no evil, wicked thing before my eyes, and, and I'm not going to listen to, uh, but you, you just make all that null and void if uh, you, you protect the knees, but this thing's still running wide open. We want to make sure that God set a guard over my mouth. Oh, man, I know. Hey, sometimes there, there's an, an initial, like, hmm, I guess I said my peace, but you didn't really say your peace. <laughs> you didn't say nothing that had to do with peace. It, it, matter of fact, that's not when you say you're a peace. It's not, it shouldn't even be P-E-A-C-E. It should be P-I-E-C-E because all you did was say a piece of your mind. You didn't say nothing that brought peace. Now I'm at peace because i got to say what I was going to say, but you didn't do nothing to help peace. You weren't a peacemaker. You were an aggravator, an agitator. And, and you need to set a guard, oh, Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I want the Holy Ghost watching my mouth for me. I want the Holy Ghost keeping my tongue. I, uh, uh, yeah, sometimes you have to bite your tongue, literally bite your tongue. Uh, it's so uh, That it works because the pain will immediately make you think of anything else but what you were about to say. Bite your tongue. Stop what you're about to say. Listen to because the Holy Ghost will stop it. He, he will do its very best to make you shh, hush. But you go, I, I've said this before, I said whenever you jump into unrighteousness and start saying things, doing stuff, I said you went right past the Holy Ghost to do it, because I guarantee he was just like this. Don't say it. Well, there you go. Or, in this day and age, it's it's not just it's not just what comes vocally out of there because you you saying it out loud the whole time you're typing it anyway. But you know, hiding behind you know keyboards and and, and text messages and. And post and things like that. That's cowardly anyway. But but you, you throw that stuff out there. That's why I tell people, man, you've got to be so careful. You post those kind of things, man, because you're going to kill your ministry, especially, and you're trying to win people to the Lord. You've got to be careful. You know, There are some things that the world was a lot more peaceable, I am convinced, before social media. That is just, uh, because social media brings about so many feelings stirred up in people there, there are people who feel bad about themselves they don't want to see what everybody else is oh look how good they're doing it just makes them mad at them they just they, they won't they'll just dislike people because they, they they're doing good people that are struggling don't it's like i don't want to see people doing good i don't see them struggling like me you know misery loves company and that's what. so they'll just oh, i don't like them and, da, 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 da. and so I'll, i'm gonna post a meme be kind of snarky and and i won't put their name on it but i really mean them and that's not facilitating peace. I wouldn't care if the Internet crashed, man. I know some of you college students are like, wait a minute, now I got all my research on it. But I will say I wouldn't care if, if uh, Facebook crashed. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't care if uh, the other day, I, I'm not on Instagram, by the way. Some of you said, yeah, you are. No, I was on it for like 20 hours. And Kenny said, I can't tell you. I said, yeah, 'cause because I, I canceled it. You just put it on there. I said, yeah, I didn't like it. I don't, I don't like it. If y'all got Instagram, more power to you. I hate it. I don't like it. I just don't like it. And so I, I said, I'm going to keep something I don't like. Go. And I got it out of there. I, I like that old timey stuff like Facebook. I mean, it's, and I, and I don't like it much. But uh, I'll say this if you've got Instagram, I hope you are really praying, God, watch my eyes and ears and stuff. Because, boy, that show, uh, there's a lot more stuff just pops up on Instagram. Yeah. That's, that's why I said, you got to go. I said, I can't be going to check and see if somebody liked my post about my dog and seeing that. I, that's, I can't. So, anyway, I'm way off the mark now. I get back to where I'm going. Uh, but what I'm saying, what I was at, was that be careful because if you are going to post, be a peacemaker when you post. If you're going to be a peacemaker, then be a peacemaker. It's not part-time. It's not something you put on and take off. It's just like serving the Lord. Because peacemakers are called the children of God. Do you take a day off from being a child of God? I see, when I see children of God doing this, hmm, you might need a time out. You know, that's not a child of God kind of... You know, just... Devouring, biting. <laughs> what is that? That's not speaking, the, that's not, not being uh, loving and kind and, and, uh, and, or, or pretending you're being, well, this was what's worse, is pretending that you're being nice, but you're not. That's worse. Well, I'm just going to speak the truth, we should. The Bible says for us to be truthful, provide things honest in the sight of God and men. We should speak the truth, but we should speak the truth in love. Yeah. That's what uh, Paul said in Ephesians uh, let's see 4, and 15 and 16. He said, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in to him, in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that, which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Peace. Speak the truth. Yes, you should speak the truth. But if you don't speak the truth in love, because, well, the truth hurts. Only when it's not presented right. You know, the truth Oh, you know, people, that's what people talk about well, he's preaching truth he's, he's stomping on my toes I, I don't know how pastors ever got that analogy tacked to them but I never try to inflict pain to nobody <laughs> I'm just trying to preach the words you know I'm just trying to preach uh, things to help us and if it pricks our heart that's the word I'm not here saying let me see who's getting on him toes <laughs> come in, put your foot Right? That's, not, that's not what you're trying to. I, I'll speak the truth, and if it's like, ow, I'm, I'm, that just caught me, well, then the word caught you. I, I'm just preaching the word, and I preach it in love because I love you. The Bible says, Who the Lord love, he chastens. So if, you know, God corrects us in his love, and when a preacher's preaching the word, he should, he, you know what? When I preach, I do hope that correction comes if it's needed. I never get up here assuming that everybody needs correction. But if someone needs correcting, I hope what I preach that day brings you back in line. Uh, that's the Lord doing that, not me. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, He doesn't show me everybody's sins and problems. It's not like I got X-ray vision. I'm like, mm-hmm, I know what you said last night. All right, you know, I know what you was doing. I know who you was talking to. What? It's it's not like that. You preach the word in love. I love the Lord, I love his word, I love his people, I love the church, I love what God's doing in the kingdom, and I want to be a part of that, I want to be a peacemaker, I want people to have peace in themselves, I want people to have peace with one another, and it can't it can happen uh, when we gain control, number one, first and foremost, of that little tiny unruly member, the tongue, I'm just, You ain't gonna tell. I'm just gonna tell the truth. I know a lot of preachers that preach truth, but I wouldn't ever let them preach here because they're mean when they preach, and I I love them, but I'm not gonna have them come here and and beat up on a bunch of people that I know are doing their best to serve the Lord. Cause somebody to walk away from God. just discourage them and tear them up. maybe that works where they are. I don't know, but it, it don't work here. I've seen a lot of people hurt their sheep instead of help their sheep. That's not what I'm in the job of. I want to make sure that I'm not doing that. so our our very essence of humanity is emotions and feelings, and so you've got to learn to be a peacemaker. And then you've got to realize what's happening in front of you, and try to, you know, try not to be an irritation <laughs> of conflict. You know, when you're dealing with that, that conflict, it's, it's irritating. It's uh, contention. I hate that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and, and when we get in that, sometimes I say so you feel that you, you're just about to say something you're going to regret. That's why you need to pray and, and not let wrath and, and anger just spew out because you will say some things and you can take them back and apologize and you can even be forgiven but it, will, it just won't be soon forgotten right. and, uh, and somehow somewhere later it'll come back up yeah. that was years ago yeah but I remember it see and, and there's nothing you can do about it because you can't give people amnesia You know, you you wish you could, but you can't. You wish that nobody would ever remember that lapse that you had where you just said, that's it. You just went right past the spirit and just spewed. It's tough. I've seen ministers get behind pulpits and say things, and it falls them for years and years and years, and they wish they hadn't said it. I've seen preachers get up because we're human too. And they need mercy and grace too, and I need mercy and grace too. And so I try to make sure I'm not—I never come to this pulpit with any kind of other emotion flowing through me. I'm just trying to preach God's word because if you get up here and you're mad about something, people ain't gonna listen to you. So I want to make sure that I am filtering my speech through the Spirit, because uh, you know. You can't have sweet water and bitter water coming out of the same fountain. So either the fountain's changed. I don't want to be double-minded. I don't want to be, uh, oh, I'm a child of God today, but I'll tell you about it. It's just like I see them shirts. Sure I love the Lord, but I cuss a little. Well, people, people wearing their excuses. Mm. I got about four minutes. We're good. The thing is, is and Jane, you know who wrote that about the sweet water, bitter water? James, the the man who was facilitating peace in the first church, he was the one who said that that can't happen. He said you can't, uh, you know, bless God and then curse the ones who are made in the image of God. It can be very hard. Sometimes, because people, man, we we can be stupid, and we can do things that are just. Whew, and you can be like, but g- grab yourself before you do it, though, because you know you might just be you you'd be watching the news and see somebody you don't like on the news and say, that's the most something, 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 something and somebody around going that the way Jesus would talk about people? You know, and I thought they were a, a, a preacher. I thought they were. And you've hurt your witness by doing that. You, you, we gotta, everyone has an ego. I don't have no ego. Yeah, you everybody's got an ego. It comes with the human body. It's, it's in here. We all have an ego. And we are all inclined to protect ourselves and our reputations. And you know so, uh, but sometimes we need to we need to let go of our ego. I I was waiting on somebody to catch that. (laughs) We we want to fight somebody over a waffle, but this ego. But sometimes we need to let go of it and say, you know what? I'm just gonna uh, not. I'm going to put myself aside. True wisdom comes from God and it is freely given to those who ask of him. James said this, if you're wise and understand God's ways, you prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You do those things. Honey, you come on up here to the music. I'll be ready to stop here in just a second. And so if we're going to be peacemakers, and be identified as children of God. That means, as children, we don't want the apple falling far from the tree. We want to have the same attributes and communicate the desires that God does. And so, uh, we've got to first seek peace of God in our own life. We do have to do that. It's not just about that, but that should be number one, because how can you help anybody understand peace that you don't have? You've got, you, can't, you know, we always say you can't take people to, to a place you haven't been. Well, you can't uh, talk to others about peace if we're always in turmoil and conflict and anger. Proverbs 16 and 7, says this, that when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. You see, sometimes we're trying so hard to do something within ourselves when we should just be seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the kingdom of God is love, joy, and peace of the Holy Ghost. You know, so... Or righteousness, peace, and righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. If we would just do the things that God wants us to do, act right, live right, talk right, be be the the child of God He wants us to be, then God starts letting peace move in areas that we can't work in. And he, He didn't say He'd make your enemies love you, but there'll be a peace. They'll leave you alone, they won't bother you. It'll stop the attack. You know, a lot of times when there are countries that have been at war, when there's a peace agreement signed, it doesn't mean they just all of a sudden they love each other and now they're all visiting one another and, hey, let's come to your country, I'll come to yours, you know, whatever. No, they're still enemies, but they're at peace. They honor the peace agreement, all the things that are in the agreement. And so God's saying, if you'll just do what I want you to do, you'll get that peace in yourself first. I'll handle some things that you can handle. Uh, And by proxy, you're a peacemaker because you're doing the right things and it's causing peace in your own life. And you need that peace first. And then we should, uh, instead of always looking for areas where we disagree, find some common ground. Find a place of agreement. Uh, Sometimes controversy is unavoidable. The Bible says for us to live peaceably with all men as much as lies within us. Sometimes you can't avoid... Controversy, but you can, uh, a lot of times, keep things civil. You know, avoid things that you know are going to cause that kind of stuff. If you know, hey, it's Thanksgiving. Everybody's here. One side of the table is a Republican. One side is Democrat. I wouldn't talk about politics. I think I'd leave that off the table. Just let the, leave the turkey on there and get rid of the politics. You know because you know that it's going to start an argument. It's going to start a fight. And so, just leave it alone. Don't talk about it. Or if it's you know, if you know there's an issue, hey, if this comes up, just don't talk about it. Just leave that alone. Well, I'm just going to tell the truth. There goes your two cents again. We need to, you know, speak the truth in love. And sometimes we need to just follow the example of the Lord and realize there's some things that we should just avoid and and stay away from and put no wood on the fire so it'll go out. Just don't talk about that anymore because you're not going to agree on it, at least not at this point. So just leave it alone. And then we must choose to love rather than win. That's a big one. That's a big one. We must choose to love rather than win. Now, people who are highly competitive find it very hard to concede an argument. I ain't never wrong. You just were when you said that. Listen, being righteous doesn't mean you are always right. We have a righteousness that is ascribed to us by faith in Christ. In the Bible, we strive to be righteous, seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness. We want to be righteous. But just because now we have become righteous in his sight does not mean we are always right because we're still human and there's a way that seems right to a man, but you know, your righteousness will show in how you handle being right or being wrong. You must be able to say, Oh, I'm wrong. Sometimes you have to concede, even when maybe you didn't have to but this will bring about peace I want to be a peacemaker we have to release our demands and let go of our right for recovery sometimes we just have to say hey listen it might wound our pride bruise our ego and sometimes the best way to make peace is just suffer through an injustice that's what Jesus did they lied on him. He spoke not a word. He just suffered through it because he knew what was about to come was the greatest act would bring peace like no other. It would bring peace to people who were lost in sin. And so sometimes we have to just be ready to give a soft answer. Proverbs 15 and one says, a soft answer turns away wrath. Stand with me this morning. Soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. I don't want to stir up anger. I want to strive, Paul said, for full restoration. I want to encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. He instructed Timothy, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. In Romans 14, 19, therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify the other. You know, in Hebrews, we always quote this part of the scripture because we believe in being holy. The Bible says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. But that's not all that scripture says. When you back up to the beginning, it says pursue peace with all people or follow peace with all men. In other words and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Getting into his presence being in a place where he dwells requires us being peacemakers. Follow peace and holiness. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man we just he was just talking about holiness without it is it? But if you're not a peacemaker if you Bible says they that cause uh, division will be cut off that's what the scripture says those that are always looking for unrighteousness they'll be cut off And so God will cut them people off I don't want to be cut off because I couldn't live peaceably I don't want to be cut off because I refuse to be a peacemaker I want to be a child of God but for anybody to call me that I need to be a peacemaker Look at those peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. Let's lift our hands and ask the Lord to help us today. Be a peacemaker. Lord God, we love you and praise you today. Thankful for the example, the teaching of your word today. Lord, we're striving to be better. Help us, Lord. Guard our mouth, Lord. Watch our our lips. Help us, God, not to just protect our eyes and ears, but to also protect our mouth. Lord, you said out of our heart, a man speaks out of the fullness of our heart. I don't don't want things, ugly things to be in my heart. Just let peace be in my heart, God, that I can speak the things of peace. Lord, we want to be a church united and not divided. We want to go to heaven together. We want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. So, Lord, help us today to be agents of peace, peacemakers today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. What a great God. I want to be a peacemaker. I know the peace speaker. I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be able to facilitate peace. Amen. Thank you for being in uh, discipleship class this morning. Let's find a place to pray. Get ready for this next service. I believe God's going to do some fantastic things. God bless you.